Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. Hello, Carmen Braidwood. Hi, Nick Hayes. This is a really exciting one. I'm pretty pretty pumped for this one. You know oh, why? Yeah. Because I'm going to interview you, That'll and be I think nice. you can interview me. Yeah, which we've each done to each other before. We have, but I <laughs> think what is, well, I think you know people. We've, we're, we're quite a few episodes into the Experts yeah. Podcast. I thought good time now just to have a bit of a look back and see what you do mm. uh, and what you bring to the table. Because, you know, you've got a pedigree of media that is, I think, second to none. Oh, thanks, Nick. You do run around. <laughs> you've, you've been and worked in this place. And, and media is a tough gig. Yeah. It's a tough, tough game. So, you know, you, if you're sitting back listening and you're, you know, you're in your little expertise, your little industry and, you know, thinking, oh, gee, it's hard work. I'll tell you, media, time's out by four. Yes, it is. But I've also had this sort of recent experience probably since my full-time radio gig finished where I've gone into business and realised how tough business is too. Ah. So we can each kind of, you having been, I'm assuming, in business a bit longer than you were in media. Oh God, well, I've hardly ever been in media to be okay. fair. My, my business has always been around getting other people in yes. media. So yeah. I, I've been around, I've sort of been on the outskirts a little bit, but yeah. never really having to get up at 3am to do the <laughs> Six o'clock time slot. No, no, no. None, none of that for me. Oh, I did a lot of that. I did a lot of that. So we got some, yeah, stories to swap, I reckon, between the two of us. Complimentary histories and even complimentary businesses. Yes. Well, that's why we do this, isn't yeah. it, Carms? This is why we do this. So the Experts Podcast, the Nick Hayes, the Carmen Braidwood Show. Tell us about Carmen Braidwood, the, the confidence training that you do. Mm-hmm. You get people up in front of the camera. You get them to do the very things. She's bad with tech. Now, Media Lesson 101. <laughs> <laughs> Media Lesson 101, turn your watches off I've, and phones off. Hey. I don't know how that watch actually works, to be <laughs> honest. I've had my Apple Watch for about two weeks and the first time I wore it, I wore it into 6iX on radio and it did the same thing. Oh. So something that's being said when someone says Carmen Braidwood yeah, is, it's, it's you know, yeah, it's making Siri rattling a cage for so some reason. First Sorry. lesson for everyone out there, you turn <laughs> off all your electronic devices when you go into a live interview. Carmen Braidwood, you know, you're 20-odd years in on it, you're yeah. still learning. That means I owe you a carton of beer, I'm That's pretty sure. That's true, but mm. I've given up beer because you know that Sarah Raspatch has got me on that oh, 100 yeah, days. Well done. Yeah. Sticking with it, Nick. Sticking with it. Tell well me about done. your. Tell me what you do, Carmen. Okay. Well, these days I'm a, a confidence on camera coach and I started that after, well, first I, I finished up a radio show at 96FM here in Perth. That was a full-time gig and it wasn't my choice for it to finish. The show was axed. Um, someone pulled me up on saying that, but at the end of the day, I was I worked there one day, I didn't work there the next. Yep. So the show that you're was open, my show, honest, yeah. yeah, it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. It was gone and they replaced it with another show. Um, I have no issues with how that came about. I will point that out because when you're in the media, you know what you're getting into. Sure. I took someone else's job 
yep. to start there. So it stands to reason someone's going to take my job. I was never going to leave. It is cutthroat though, isn't it? Yeah. You, you knew it and you know when you go into it, that, as you just said, but it is a, a game and industry. You're sort of living day by day. Don't plan too far ahead. Nah. Because if you tr- do, you can almost guarantee those plans are going to be thwarted. And it's not really personal either. <laughs> you know, it, it's called commercial radio yeah. for a reason. You know, it must perform commercially. And if it doesn't, they're going to be looking around thinking, well, what's the weak link here? And it just so turned out that we were viewed as the weak link. Now, you're a confidence and camera uh, expert. You do this. Did that actually knock your confidence around a little? Mm. Well, I'll tell you what really probably knocked my confidence the most in terms of, you know, positioning myself that way as the confidence on camera expert was that I was mostly radio. So I was doing my TV thing on the side with Trevor Cochran, who's been on the podcast, his uh, show Destination WA. I still appear on that show. And so I'd been doing a bit of work there and I'd been doing lots of other TV over the years on the Mm. side. And I felt like my industry was going to look at me and go, well, who's this cow who's done no real TV pitching herself as a TV or not a TV, a camera expert. Yeah. And and um, and, and I created that silly story. I right. mean, I, I work on a real TV show. Sure you do. It's not a, not a fake TV show. We heard how commercially successful that TV show is. Yes. Uh, it's going into its 10th year. So it's not like it's, it's pretend. Yeah. And... For some reason, I was telling myself this story, and, I, and I, I'm sharing this because I meet other business owners who do the same thing all the time. I was just telling myself this story that I wasn't an expert at this thing. Yep. And yet, I know that when I'm in the room with someone who doubts their ability to communicate through the lens of a camera, I can help them. Yes, And I do it very well and I enjoy it and I find it really gratifying. And I had thought I had to position myself as a podcast expert because my audio background being the full-time thing I'd done in radio, but I didn't really get as much enjoyment out of that. I wanted to help people make the kind of on-camera content that would grow their business and make them money. And I'm seeing that happen and it's awesome. I see that happen all the time too, Carmen, in that people build their own barriers in front of them, telling them that they can't do it. And it's really themselves that are holding them back, holding back their opportunities, holding back what they're doing. And I think when you – just telling that story then, when you you even had doubts about what you were doing, Mm. that that just again tells me that you are doing the right job. You're doing the right thing because you can actually empathise – the empathy level there with others that are in the same position – um, you're going to be able to connect with them in another level. So yeah, it's, and, it's the right thing. And exactly like, you know, to, to speak about that empathy piece, I had to go out there and work at creating a business myself from yep. the ground up and understand how hard it was to be able to connect with my clients better. Yep. I don't go to them and go, right, here's how to be a TV presenter because that information is useless to them. Yep. TV presenters and we do, even on a show like Destination WA that runs on a fairly tight budget. We've got a team of people sure. around us. You know, I write a story, yeah, I turn up and I present it and it might be a bit hot and I've got to strategize and be in the moment and make sure I'm, I deliver my product. Well, yeah, it's hard work. But I've got an amazing field producer. <laughs> I've got a sound guy. I've got the camera operator. They're all there to make you look good. Yeah. Same applies on radio. You've got people everywhere making you look good. When you're a small business operator, that's... <laughs> 
that's on you. So you got to charge your own mics. Yeah. Listen to the sound. Turn on the recorder if you're filming, you know? And write your own scripts yeah. and put them up there and, and do it all. And and also to still have the confidence mm. to know what you actually are doing is right. Yeah, putting yourself out there in that way. And, yeah. you know, you will be surprised that the people you think are going to critique you don't surface. And the one thing they do say when they do do surface is gee I wish I thought of that yeah yeah it's it is it's just that getting up getting up over the trenches and and charging and charging out I think you know mm. we we have to do this because if we don't I, I think the greatest fear and I've said this a lot of the times during the pandemic is that you know my you know we do get stuck in our bunkers a lot mm. we do stay back and we don't we want to we want to wait for it all to finish and, and end up but it just doesn't do that never happens you want all the circumstances to be right for some <laughs> reason that's what I was doing right I was sitting there going well if I'm going to put myself out there as a confidence on camera coach I have to have beautiful video content Yes. You know, I wanted to have Destination WA worthy productions on my Instagram feed and it was a coach. I had to work with a coach who actually said to me, um, hang on, are you a video coach? Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, I don't really, I don't know. And he said, no, well, what do you teach people? Oh, to be confident on camera. Well, show videos where you are confident on camera. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the production is like. You know, and it, that was the biggest penny drop. And I see your work all the time. And I think if you're trying to do that really polished, mm. perfect vision footage all of the time, mm. not only the cost and the time mm. and energy required to do that, um, you don't have a full production team <laughs> around you. So do be confident, get yourself out there, start expressing yourself and making personalise yourself, personalise in yeah. front of the clients that you're looking to do. It's so, more connecting. You know, it yeah. really does connect better if you're just you doing it the way you can do it right now. Yep. You'll get better at the production side of it. I have. Yep. But you also form really valuable connections by just going it alone and getting started. I like making mistakes in my videos. I like mm. making mistakes on this podcast because purely <laughs> if I don't make them, they don't believe it's me actually doing it. So that's part of, uh, that's part of who I am. So what kind of products and services do you offer, Carmen? So there's the corporate side of what I'll do and go and work with a business in person with their entire team. You know, often you'll have an executive structure who have gone, we need to be making on-camera content. Let's hire a videographer full-time. And they're spending their budget on their videographer full-time. And maybe to keep that budget low, they've gone with a graduate who's in the building who might be 24, 25. Or the secretary or yeah. the receptionist. Yeah, they, they've double-skilled somebody right. who's gone, now this is your job. <laughs> and this poor person is going up to the busy executive team saying, oh, that thing you just said in a meeting, can you just say it in a video? Yeah. And they are daunted by that. Yep. You know, yep. And often the young people in your office will think it's really easy. Yep. But it's, it's the rest of us who were probably, you know, born pre-1980 who are going, oh my God, yeah. what is this? Yeah. And really freaking out about it because it undermines your, your authority. So I do workshops where I come into the, the building, we work together to get everybody on the same page. Yep. So we all understand what's required from the content, where it's going to go, how it needs to look, how to support the person who's on camera. Because yeah. that's a tough gig. Can I just say, because this is why I think it's such an important thing to be working with someone like you, is that even as much as I've been around media for 25, almost you know, going on mm. 30 years of my life, um, it was only about 10, 12 years ago that I did my first sort of TV ad or ad for uh, what I do. Okay. Um, it was 30 seconds, but it took four hours yes. to produce and to put together. And I'm sitting there freaking out because 
I'm not good. I wasn't good uh, off the cuff as much as I mm. am necessarily now. Um, not that I'm that great either, but uh, I couldn't. I was getting words wrong. I was structuring them in different ways and I just wasn't getting there. And you're doing it on the clock. You were probably paying someone to help you make that oh. thing. So I helped you save the money <laughs> that you would spend with the videographer or the team that you're bringing in because you think, oh, we'll just interview the CEO and he'll give his answers or she'll give her answers yeah. and all be sweet. No, you know, if you expect people to perform under that kind of pressure when yep. you've suddenly got a whole crew there and lights, it costs you money in the long run and your product isn't as good. So a big lesson out there for everyone, even if you have been, and someone like myself who's been around media for 12, 15 years, trying to do my first TV ad, mm. could not get it out yeah. and it was because just it, it just didn't feel natural to me. I felt nervous. I wasn't myself. Yeah. And then now you, you, you can't get anything but me now. It's because so, you've done the work. You know, yeah. you've gone off and you've you've started a podcast, which gets you speaking more yeah. naturally. You'd started doing your own media appearances. Of course, they get you speaking more naturally. Yeah. You can practice on camera yourself every single day and start to learn to speak more naturally. Or you bring in a coach and I'll come in and we'll do that in your workplace. Or we can do it virtually as well. You know, yeah. um, I also work with clients completely online. I work with smaller business operators in that way often where they might be one woman or one man band. Uh, we work together over a course of three months to not just build their confidence answering these questions or speaking directly into the lens of the camera as if they're the one in charge of the content. They're not responding to interview questions. Sure. And we also strategize what that content rollout's going to look like so that it actually does the right thing. It gets the right eyeballs on the brand. You know, yeah. it's one thing to be popular. You can dance to something on the internet and be super popular, but what? who cares if those people aren't going to buy your thing? Vanity metrics. Yeah. They're just all it is is vanity. Look at all these eyeballs. Not one of them's buying. Well, we've got to get that part right. Mm. So a uh, bit of in-person and online yeah. work that you do. And what I do like what you've just said there, that three-month style program yeah. is that there is a sort of a beginning and an end where, you know, you know you're not just going to be doing this all your life, you know, your whole mm. for the rest of your working life, that you will get a result at the end. It's very transformational. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. What, what's it like to take someone who is a little bit nervous, doesn't quite have it, then having them confidently talking in front of a camera? And. I'll tell you what it's like. It, it, it's very, very rewarding and I keep hearing about it. You know, I will help people with this kind of transformation. They go off back into their business and they're suddenly using on-camera communications to do the job of things that used to take them hours and hours and hours and they're, they're tapping into a new audience by making on-camera content that appeals to those new people and they say things to me like, thanks for helping me find my voice. Yeah. So that's not a transformation that just affects their business. That's a transformation that affects their life. And look, I liked working on radio. I love working on TV. But I never probably felt like I had that much of an impact. This new phase of my my career. You're making a difference. I feel like I'm making a difference. Love it. Biggest lesson learned in media. What's been your biggest lesson? It's the audience focus. Yes. You must at all times keep that audience member front of mind yep. and that will help you deal with the the nerves and the fear you know I, I got really sick in 2018 uh, due to a mismanaged autoimmune disease nearly killed me I was finally treated properly and I gained all this extra weight and a lot of people who come to me really worry about how they look on camera yeah and when I went back to work on tv after that incident I was really racked with 
a fear of judgment from those around me, probably because I'd been a bit judgy about people in my circumstances in the past. Yep. I was not my usual self, you yep. know, and it really helped me to put the audience member front of mind, to remember that me turning up to that shoot, not feeling like I fit in my clothes properly, feeling like I was going to look fat or whatever on camera, was the least of everybody's concern. Sure. The most important thing of that day was creating a beautiful product for the audience member to enjoy, and it really helps. I love that. You might have stolen one of my best lessons <laughs> in media there, but uh, I, I do love that. My next question for you, mm-hmm. the biggest lesson learned in business. So away mm. from the media. So you've been in the business for a short period of time. What have you learned so far? I think that the the penny drop moment that I talked about before, that, that your expertise, even if you – attempted to devalue it can be commodified yeah it really can and you have the power to start that process you can actually be making content yourself that demonstrates to a higher audience what you're all about you don't have to wait for for a breakthrough or uh, to be recognized you can actually start that process yourself i love that build it and they will come yeah Give them something to look at that they can go, I want that as well. Yeah. And another quick one on that one, I'll just throw in there because for anyone that's listening, don't undervalue what you do. It's better to be higher than lower. So charge a more premium rate mm. than necessarily the, the, the one that you think will get through because you can always come down in that's price. True. You can never really ever go up. And, and people often forget that that – Running a business, doing the thing you do for other people or for or the product that you make, makes an expert out of you. Correct. And you can be educating other people doing what you do right now. But Carmen, I'm not. I'm not investing in you. Uh, you know, two or three years as a confidence and camera coach. Mm. I'm investing in the 25 years in media that you have yeah. been, and that's the most important part. So, big lesson out there for everyone. You know, just you might have only been doing this a short period of time, but you have been building up to this. Mm. You've been investing in this quite deeply. Okay, we're getting very close to the end here. Things things that you're most excited about in 2022. What are you thinking about this year? What's what's exciting you? Well, I'll, I'll treat it as a follow-on from last year. Last year, I really wanted to test the theory that time is the new rich. Yes. <laughs> because people say it all the time. Love it. I did. I took 10 weeks off to travel around WA with my husband. We had the best time. And my business still did better than it ever has before. <laughs> it does fact, better without you, it does, does it? Well, yeah, for some reason. It's, it's only me and it does better without me. Um, I think it created a sense of urgency. I don't know what it was. It was my best year earning even since I worked on Breakfast Radio well, in the Cap City. you've restricted the amount of time we had access to. You became exclusive. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what that's it is. That's exactly it. So my new 2022 word, instead of time being the new rich, I'm going to use space. I just want to... Step into my space. I want to help my clients step into theirs and own their space. And each of us live a life that's maybe a little more simple and has space around it so we can enjoy the good things. You've already given us a good couple of tips for media success, but is there one specific one out there that that, that hits home? Yeah, it just doesn't have to be perfect. Oh, love it. Love it. It's so wedded to perfect scripts and perfect answers and this one last chance I'm ever going to be on the media. No, you'll be on the media again. Don't worry. You would you would you be fair to say you're you're a perfectionist yourself? You yeah. were a, a perfectionist uh. that just didn't allow anything else out there that 
wasn't spot on? Yeah, because I was from the theatre background where we rehearsed and learnt lines and planned everything and did it a thousand times over. So learning to be okay with the improv and the thing that just came out Mm. and the things that I perceived were not good about me that I wanted to hide. You know, like if there was a shot where my double chin showed or you could see that my teeth are crooked or you could see see that I did – didn't nail the line like I'm doing now you know like you can see the thought I didn't want that stuff on my showreel and I'd only show the best but what that does is create a false impression of who you really are yeah uh look I I I think when we see mistakes we see errors we see human Hmm. and that's I think what we all are striving to be is more human heavens forbid Scott Morrison could try to appear a little bit more human (laughs) Maybe make a few more mistakes, but he does that in his own right. Well, there you go. Thank you, Carmen. No, thank you, Nick. Do I turn the tables around? Turn the tables around. Yep. I'm not too comfortable about this, though, I've got to say. Well, I'm excited because I haven't had the chance to kind of grill you on some of this stuff. So, where did Media Stable start? Look, Media Stable started. um, There was a producer from 6BR that was constantly calling me uh, for, for talent. You know, yeah. you've got a good lawyer on this. Do you know a good lawyer? Do you know a good uh, health professional in this particular space and area? And I said, look, I do. Here's this is this is so-and-so. This is John Smith. This is Jane over here. Send them over. And I'm going, none of these people are actually on my books. Mm. None of these – there is a massive appetite for it because a lot of media at that particular time, it was just over ooh, 11, 12 years ago, media was starting to shrink. Like mm. the resources, both human capital and financial capital, yes, was that's right, to go away. Suddenly, every show that had two producers or three or four had half the number. Correct, yeah. and we could see that the media needed more support. So the idea around it was it was sort of a lot from uh, similar to a, an English product. I just come back from the UK. And they provided services for journalists. So journalists would get themselves onto this database and supply it to PR. I thought, well, why can't we supply experts to Mm. media, flip it completely, and give them access to high-quality content, high-quality experts, and people that wanted to be in the media? Because you'll know too, Carms, being, you know, someone going, oh, we really need to get so-and-so on on air today. Yeah. And then finding out, oh, no, we don't, like, we don't talk to the media or I don't, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. Their camera shot. Camera shy, or, or all of really that. fearful of being misrepresented. They don't understand the media, so there's an opportunity there to educate people as well. And that's yeah. what we essentially d- did: is put all of those people onto one database. It was very much uh, a user focus, uh, a user only focus. There wasn't much support from our end, from our people. So then, again, probably four years into that, we flipped it and said, "Right, we're going to give them account management support. Mm-hmm. We're going to educate. We're going to train." Hence, Meet the Media came out from nowhere, where we put you know six or seven journalists in front of experts to help them understand what the media cycle looks like. Yeah, there's lots of all these little things that were popping up. Going, people need support in this space. And they don't necessarily have the 100, 150K uh, budget that you know allows like a corporate or a brand to mm. work with the media. So yeah. 
This was about getting the people that are on the ground, salt of the earth people, real experts, not theoretical experts, more practical, yeah. you know, have been working and have got skin in the game. Jeez, I'm throwing a lot of jargon out there, aren't I? So there's <laughs> number one rule there. Yeah, but yeah. but it's, it is people that have opinions and positions and views and we wanted to get them out and make it easier for them to make contact with media. Yeah, and I noticed as a presenter that it was working and even I was working as a producer when you guys first started and I remember getting, you know, a coffee with someone who worked with you and, you know, you just kind of felt like you solved all my problems. So so it made sense that producers around Australia felt the same way. They're like, oh, wow, this guy can just tee up the, the expert that my talent has asked me for. So then there was the flip side of that same coin when I remember being, you know, making on, doing shows on Talkback and I'd look at the run sheet and I'm like, well, that's a media stable talent. That's a media, that, there's another one. Have you guys produced anything for our show today? Now, and that is John Solvander, who is our Director of Media Engagement. Yeah. When he was Program Director at 6PR. He was my first Program there Director. There you go. Yeah. He, was, he was very, um, let's just say, very cautious of the amount <laughs> of content that he would use from Media Stable because he didn't want his producers to be too reliant on it. Mm. But at the same time, we like to look at it as like an, it's an insurance policy. If there is a small window, five minutes, yeah. lots, you know, you've worked in radio, a lot of interviews drop out at the last second, last yeah, Or minute. they're duds. You know, and, and that was the thing. I would always eat my words because the talent was so good. Well, yeah, and look, and some of them aren't, but the majority are because they want to be there mm. and they've actually taken the effort and time to want to connect and communicate with media. So when you've got that, it works. But, yeah, it is a challenge. And John Silvana, who is our Director of Media Engagement, has a very different view on it now, <laughs> very different. But Well, he gets it. He's, he's he, personally connected. He is. And he he's was got the best, skin in the game. He was the best man for the job mm. um, because he was sceptical about it. And that was what actually made the product better. That's what made the introductions even better. You'll never, ever get Media Stable pushing hard like a PR company on any media to get a a story up. That's true. Because they they will only want, you know, your your reputation relies on those talent being very good. Okay, I'm going to go right back. You mentioned England. Yep. So what were you doing before? So I was in media monitoring. I was in media intelligence. So So what is that, really? Okay, so that is us spying on everyone. No, not really. We we monitored radio television television, print and online media for brands to understand what media is saying about them uh, for crisis management purposes, for brand building, uh, for community and uh, uh, engagement there with consumers. So it was a, it's a tool that's used by the, still used today by governments mm-hmm. and also to um, the higher end of town so that they can keep an eye on what's going on. If they don't, they, they end up losing or could lose the very value that they have built up, the very brand value they've built up um, in all the advertising and presenting themselves to the public. So we looked after them. Okay. And did that teach you anything that's helped you in business? Oh, it did. It did. Um, it, it's cutthroat. It's, um, but it's also to um, knowing and understanding and learning everything that's going on about you. Don't let it just go out there and, and then hope that you're doing well. Really monitor, mm. find out, get, get feedback. Uh, but probably the most important lesson I learned that time, and my boss, my old boss Peter Ma uh, from Reheim days, he just said, Nick, just surround yourself with good people. 
in, mm. in work and in business because if you surround yourself with good people, good things will come. Yeah. Um, and that, that was the big lesson in, in life for me was just surround yourself with good people. So I'm very, very careful about the people I work with, Carmen. That's smart. Good yeah. to hear. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> my, my dad was in business and, yeah, the thing he always said to me was always hire people who are smarter than you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and that's not hard in my case to, to get people that are actually smarter than me, but um, you know that will that will happen, and uh, we get there. But uh, no, that's uh, all right. There's a big learning from business. What would you say has been the biggest thing you've learned about the media? Oh, look, the biggest thing about the media is that media as a whole, I think that. Uh, you've got to keep trying. You've got to keep being a part of it. I think um, no two days are going to ever be the same. Mm. Um, it's always ever-changing. It's probably the most exciting industry to work in. It's dynamic. Oh, it is. I'll give it that. Yeah. Even I, in my 20 years, it's it's been it's been a lot of change. I know I know. we said it was cutthroat at the beginning, but it's also, too, one of the most fun industries to work in. Yeah. There are the most amazing people in it, from journos, producers, uh, right through to management. They do have their moments and times for sure. But um, no, I just love it for the fact that it's changing so much and, and changing at a scale that um, it, it, we've never seen times like this. Mm. It just has changed so much and keeping up with it and staying on top of it, it's just the best part. It is. It's really, um, you know, being across the ownership and, and the technologies that are being employed is, is almost a full-time job in itself. So, yeah, absolutely. And what would you say is the greatest tip for media success then, and like speaking directly to the experts who may be listening right now, what do they have to remember before they walk into any media opportunity? The best media, the best media tip that I've ever given anyone is to build that relationship with that media. Mm. Don't go into it cold. Don't go into it not knowing who that person is or their radio station or what their audience is after. Don't call Liam Bartlett Leon. Exactly. You've got to do the work. And I think that's sort of the the mistake most people make is that they they think that they don't need to know or they Mm. don't need to be a part of the media that they're trying to influence. They think that people like us or PR companies can do all that work for them. Own it. Own it and be responsible for it and that you will have the greatest success in media. One of my favourite things to say to one of my coaching clients is, I can't do it for you. Correct. You know, I can tell you how, I can give you all of the skills and the tools you're going to need, but there is work to be done and you're going to have to do it. And you know what? You probably could do it for them, Carmen. You could be their spokesperson. You could do it. Oh, but it won't be anywhere as good. But yeah, at the end, it won't be. And, no. you know, if you're really serious about building your your uh, your expertise and your authority as an expert, you've got to put the work in. And part of that is doing some uh, camera training. There it is. Bit of training or an appearance on the Experts <laughs> Podcast or sign up to media. We'll just sell each other's stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was nice to interview you. Thanks for the interview, Nick. Carl, it's, it's thank you. And, and what a pleasure it is to get to know you a little bit better around there. We've been doing these little podcasts now for a while. But look, I'm really looking forward to what's ahead of us here further in 2022 with the Experts Podcast because I think we've taken it to another level. And I think uh, this, is, this is exciting times <laughs> and uh, looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Me too. All right. Well, thank you very much for letting us indulge uh, in our own little personal lives here. Um, If you've got something from this, let us know. But uh, please stay tuned for the next Experts podcast where we get to chat to another expert or another media. You've been listening to the Experts podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.